You are listening to the God Focused Life Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Thompson, and my prayer is that every single listener will be inspired and challenged to be all that God has created you to be. Welcome to episode three. We have a very interesting topic today the rotten potatoes that may be hindering you from your success. (laughs) I think that if you stick with me through the entirety of this podcast, you may see some things in your life or the lives of those around you that could very well be hindering your success. So let me dive right into the rotten potatoes. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just get practical here. Um, whenever I go shopping and I buy potatoes, when I bring them home, I have a place that I put them and that is under my counter. I have a counter that um, that's just where they go. I stick them in there and I leave them there until I'm ready to cook them. So sometimes I forget about those potatoes and I walk into the kitchen and I smell a smell and I may not immediately remember those potatoes. And I'm just looking around. I'm thinking, is it the trash? Is it something on the counter? Is it something from the refrigerator? And I may be walking around and I might not be able to identify it immediately. Sometimes I've even gone for a day or two and continue to smell and it just gets worse and worse. And then eventually I remember, oh my goodness, maybe it's the potatoes. Then I open up the cabinet or the counter. I open up that door and I look and sure enough, the smell gets worse and I see that those potatoes, maybe it's just one potato or maybe that one potato has affected the ones around it and I have multiple potatoes that are rotting and they stink. And so I need to do something with those potatoes. I need to pick them up. Maybe I have to get my gloves on. Maybe I have to call for help. Um, sometimes they get so nasty that they are um, like gooey and runny and just gross. Hopefully they're still in the bag when they're at that that place. But if they are, then I've got to get a whole cleanup crew, you know, with the, with the paper towels and some, you know, maybe some dish soap, you know, um, with water and soap or the bucket. And I may have to call my husband in or maybe even my, my teenagers, please come help me get rid of this. It's awful. All right. Now, how does that apply to our successfulness in business, to our success in marriage or raising children or ministry? Well, let me just tell you, sometimes we will have a rotten potato that is in our heart, in our soul, that we may not even realize is there. And sometimes when we are around those that we love, we might lash out. We may um, say things that are hurtful. We may you know, have an action or maybe we're just a little bit aloof or, you know, something is just not lining up with um, God's plan for our character and our soul and for the fruit of the spirit to be evident. And something is blocking that. And those around us are like, wow, something is really stinky about your attitude, Rebecca. And I really have to stop and take an assessment. Um, What is going on in my heart? And sometimes I don't even hear somebody say it. I just 
realize like, wow, you know, why is this person doing that? And that person doing that? And how come so-and-so hasn't called me in forever? And how come I'm not getting, um, you know, visitors and people aren't coming around the way that they used to come around? Well, maybe there is something going on inside of me and I'm just not seeing it. It could be a blind spot and I need some insight um, from somebody else. And so if I'm dealing with the rotten potatoes in my own heart, in my own life, my soul, my thinking, what do I do about it? Okay, there's two things. Number one, we want to take it to the Lord. And number two, we want to go to someone who um, will give us godly counsel. And sometimes, uh, you know, we pray about it and say, Lord, we always want to take things to him first and say, Lord, I need you to show me what are these blind spots? Show me what's going on in my heart. And then he will use other people. He will use other resources to help show you what is really going on. I have people in my life that I go to um, on a regular basis to say, okay, I'm just going to dump this out. Can you just check my heart? Can, can you tell me, do you see anything that might be blind spots to me? Something that I'm doing, something I'm saying, my attitude, how I'm acting. Do you see something in me that I'm not seeing myself? And we want to, you know, take that advice, take that counsel and take it before the Lord. And we want to dislodge. Now, the Bible talks about that. And it says that God is actually a gardener. Um, I was reading in John. John chapter 15, um, and Jesus is talking to, he, this is a message that's from him to the members of the body of Christ. And he, um, he paints this picture of him being like a, like a tree or like a vine. Um, and if, and I always have just this picture of a, of a tree or maybe like a grapevine. And he says in chapter 15, he says, I am the vine. Um, I am the true vine, he says, and my father is the gardener. Okay, so it's like Jesus is the vine. He is that the entirety of, you know, the body of that um, plant, if you will, whether it's a tree, whether it's a grapevine. And he says that my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So if we are in Christ, um, we, he, and, and he, uh, there are issues in our own hearts, in our own lives. The gardener who is the father wants to come and get rid of those rotten potatoes, if you will. Um, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch, <clears throat> excuse me, that does bear fruit. He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. He says that no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He goes on to say, and this is uh, pretty, pretty popular. This, this verse is pretty common. Um, you may have heard it before. Uh, verse five, chapter 15, verse five, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. So we already see that the Lord wants to get rid of the things inside of our heart that are not bearing fruit. He wants to cut them out. And whenever something is cut off, it may be painful. It may be hurtful. It may be, um, you know, learning something new and letting go of something or um, maybe dealing with an issue from our past or uh, abuse from our past, hurtful, divorce, 
um, maybe verbal abuse, maybe spiritual abuse from people in ministry. They're, I mean, the list could go on and on and on. And we've got to deal with those issues and start cutting out the unforgiveness and the bitterness. We have to cut out those roots. We have to allow the Lord to, to really perform some surgery on the inside of us. Um, and then what he says in verse nine, it says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. And that's Jesus talking. So the father loved Jesus and Jesus loves us. Now remain in my love. So what he wants us to do is be, is realize that we are in the vine. We are the branches, but he is the main vine and we have to stay connected to him because it's the vine that's connected to the root system, right? And that comes straight from the father. Even Jesus himself spent much time with the father. Um, it says that he went to solitary places all by himself to commune with the father. And because the Lord, the father is the root system and will pour into even Jesus Christ himself. So if Jesus needed the father to pour into him, how much more do we need uh, to be rooted in that and allowing the Lord to pour into us and allowing God, the father to start snipping those things away. And the job of the Holy spirit is to start revealing those things to us. So it's the, the Trinity in one, all three are working to make us very, very health, healthy and fruitful. Now, what do we do when um, we just talked about what we do if the rotten potatoes are inside of our own hearts and in our own lives? We can take it to the Father. We can take it to um, to God, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, and, and ask Him to help us. We can take it to a mentor, um, a counselor, or a friend, somebody that's trusted, that sees our blind spot. We know we can do that for ourselves and it may be a process, could take a year. I was in counseling for a year and a half, sometimes twice a week. It was intense, but I needed that. I needed to go through that so that I could change my way of thinking. That's how I dealt with myself. So we deal with ourselves, but what do we do when it's somebody around us that has the rotten potatoes? What if it is a coworker? What if it is a family member? What if it is our spouse? What if it is our pastor or somebody that's in ministry? What if it's somebody, you know, one of our closest friends? What do we do with their rotten potatoes? Well, number one, I think that, um, Sometimes we can have those conversations with those people that we love and we, we share the truth in love because a lot of times they may not even see it. They may not see that their attitude has changed. They may not see that, um, wow, they're crying all the time and we just want to go and love on them and, and be like, what is going on? What's wrong? And maybe simply just by them having a conversation with you, um, you're able to, to start pulling those things out and they're just able to express it. And they're just literally getting it out of their heart, getting it out of their soul, out of their mind. Um, it's just, they're just laying their souls bare, you know, right there, just being honest and open. And then the Lord can just work in that just even even from that um another thing that we can do is if that person say that it's gone kind of to the next level to where we've already gone to that person in love 
and they are still being abrasive to us. Um, they are being, sometimes I, I, I will think of it as like, um, shards of glass. So if you have like pottery, cause we are all made to be beautiful and exquisite. And I think of it like pottery or porcelain. And, um, in the fall, we're all smashed and crashed down to the ground and we all have this brokenness. And it is Jesus that will put, um, all of those pieces back together again, kind of like Humpty Dumpty, but he is the one that will heal us and mend our broken hearts. But so many times those around us and ourselves as well, sometimes we haven't been healed yet. And that when we get close to somebody, their shards are really abrasive. They're, they're, they puncture us. They are hurtful. And sometimes we have to set boundaries around those people. Like if it is, especially if it's abusive, um, especially if it's physical abuse, if it is verbal abuse, um, again, we want to go and talk to them about it. But if it's continuing on, we need to start setting those boundaries in place. And I would suggest I can't, um, just blanket this statement for each and every person that's listening because each individual situation is different. I would recommend that you go and seek godly counsel to understand what those boundaries are going to look like. There is a book called Boundaries um, by um, Henry Cloud and it's Cloud and Townsend. I can't think of the other guy's first name, but that is a great book to read and understand that it is okay to set boundaries around your own, your own life so that people aren't hurting you and being abusive to you, but go get, um, counsel to find out what that really is going to look like for your situation. Um, the, um, other person is going to have some blind spots. We all have those blind spots and maybe that other person, um, maybe it's going to take them a little while to start dealing with these issues. And maybe it's going to take a team of people to come. That's what Jesus says. Um, that's what the, the, uh, you know, when, um, uh, I believe it was Paul in the new Testament that says, when we have an issue with someone, we go to them. And if it, and if that person doesn't listen, then we take somebody else with us, um, from the church. We, we take those with us and, and, and confront him. And it, it may be, um, a few people that have to let that person see the blind spot that's going on. But what do you do? Say that you are married to somebody, say that you are working with somebody, you know, or for somebody, and you've got to be with that person day in and day out. Say that it's not like physical abuse where you need to go to safety. Say it's just, you know, just some issues that you're living with. That's like, I don't like these rotten potatoes. Maybe it's just a sour attitude. Well, we know a sour attitude is not, you know, grounds for divorce. It's not grounds to just quit your job and go running. Um, you know, maybe that person has a sour attitude or is grumpy or, you know, has, you know, whether, whatever those issues are and you have to be around that person. Um, I'm going to show you in scripture what Jesus says that we can do about that. And it's still found in John chapter 15. Um, in verse nine, um, it says, and I read it before, it says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. So the father loved Jesus and Jesus loves us. Okay. And we know the father loved Jesus, but Jesus was perfect, but Jesus loves us and we're not perfect. Jesus came to actually save us from sin and even came to dwell and live among us even while we are in sin. And he even says, now remain in my love. And he says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. So what we want to do is say, Jesus, 
What are these commands? How am I to love somebody else the way that you loved me? Because I can be grumpy sometimes. I can have a bad attitude. I can say things that are very hurtful or do things that um, I'm very selfish and I'm only thinking of myself and not those around me. I'm full of sin. So Jesus loved me. So Lord, how can I obey your commands and love others? He tells us to love others. He tells us to forgive others. He tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. And he says that, you know, we are to remain in his love. And he says in verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you realize that your joy, my joy does not hinge on uh, perfection of those around us? That I can literally have joy even if somebody else around me is grumpy or has a bad attitude or is doing, you know, some kind of sin that's, you know, that's like just something that's wrong, um, that I can actually still have joy in spite of that. And Jesus just said that when you remain in me, like we're going to be protected because he covers us. Um, the Psalm says that he, it's like feathers. It's like a, a um, like he's like, like an eagle and his, his wings just shadow and, and cover over us. And we are, um, Psalm 91 talks about we are hidden under the shadow of his wings, that we are, are held in a secret place in a spiritual safety, a, a place of safety when we are in the spirit. So even though somebody else is lashing out out of their soul or, you know, and they're just, you know, saying things or doing things, we can literally tuck away into the spirit and, and realize my resting place is in Jesus Christ. And the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And notice it doesn't say the fruits of the flesh. It says the fruits of the spirit. It doesn't say the fruits of the soul or our emotions or our thinking. It says the fruits of the spirit. So we have to get to a place where we are dying to ourselves, dying to what we think, dying to what we feel, dying to the sins of the other person. And we have to go into the spirit. And Jesus says, um, or actually in Colossians, it says that we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. And sometimes we just have to close our eyes and access that spirit and access the truth through his word that says we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. When the Lord's prayer says that we can pray, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ, we learn what is the kingdom way? How are things operating in the kingdom of God, in the spiritual realm? True worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. So how do things operate in the spirit? Well, when we go into the spirit, then we start saying, okay, God, let me pray and speak these things into earth into my situation, into my own heart as I'm praying for that other person. Because obviously, whether it's me or that other person, we are both operating in our flesh because I'm responding to the negativity or, or whatever that looks like. I need to have a spiritual reaction. I don't, I, I don't want to, or I should flip that around. I don't want to react 
to somebody's sin, but I want to respond in a spiritual manner. So, and, and that's what he says. It says, my command is this. This is verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay his life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So if Jesus is asking us to bear fruit, he is asking us to bear the fruit of the spirit. So, and the, and again, the fruit of the spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we are bearing those fruits, then it says, then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. He repeats himself. This is my command. Love each other. And then it goes on, which I'm not, you can uh, read it in your own time. It goes on to talk about if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. So if Jesus knew how to walk in the spirit, even when the world hated him. We need to learn from Jesus how to walk in this world with those difficult people that are in our lives. This is how we overcome. We have to learn how to walk the way that Jesus walked. Because if they hated Jesus, they are going to hate us too. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. But as it is, you do not belong to the world. I have chosen you out of the world. So when we choose to follow Jesus Christ, when we ask him to come into our hearts, into our souls, our spirits, we become one with him. We decide at that moment, Lord, I want to do things your way. I want to remain in you so that I can bear the fruits of the spirit. I've seen oak trees stand out in the middle of a field when the rain is pouring. I've seen them stand in the middle of, you know, a hailstorm and maybe some branches fall off and maybe there's leaves that are on the ground, you know, because it's very difficult to go through storms. We may have, you know, our, our feathers may be ruffled. <laughs> we may, we're not perfect. We are still full of sin. Maybe the sins of that other person are going to ruffle us up a little bit, but I want all of us, myself included, I want to encourage you, even though you see, you know, some of those leaves have fallen off of your tree, or maybe your feathers have ruffled a little bit, just realize you are still rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. You may not have done things perfectly. You may not have done things exactly the way that you should have, but we can continue moving forward. Jesus said, don't focus on, or Paul says it, don't focus on what's behind, focus on what is ahead. We run this race. We, we just, we just throw off everything that entangles us and we run the race. And we want to run this thing to win. So even though, you know, last night's argument or um, the the issue that we have with family that's been going on for five years, 
We want to realize that today is a brand new day and we can make things right. We can say, Lord, I want to, on this day, I want to make things right and I want to live according to your word because your ways are higher than my ways. Your ways bring life because the what I'm doing right now is just continuing to bring death. I'm continuing to smell the rotten potatoes in my life, in their lives, you know, and if we are not responding well to other people's rotten potatoes, Sorry, it's affecting our potatoes. <laughs> it, it it just is. Um, we have to have that response. We have to have that guard up. We have to know, you know what? I'm going to do things the way that the Lord has asked me to do it so that I can be successful in my marriage. Even though my spouse is acting this way, I can respond according to the word of God and I can prosper. Even though, because when I go face to face and see Jesus Christ himself, as much as I would love to have a perfect, perfect marriage here on earth and be a perfect mother and be a perfect business owner, those people, my husband, my children, my clients, the, these people are not going to be with me when I come face to face with Jesus. My pastors, my Bible study teachers, um, these, these people aren't going to be with me. I'm going to be with Jesus face to face, and it's not going to be about the imperfections of other people. It's going to be about how I responded, how I dug into the word, how I prayed and asked God to keep me rooted, to keep me grounded in the faith, in the word, in to be in the vine. Um, he is the vine. I am the branches and I want to stay rooted in him. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. I sin every day, but I want to grow in Christ likeness, not so I can be glorified, but so Christ can be glorified and my life can be less stressful because when we do things according to, um, God's plan and God's way, our life is, we, we aren't like, um, every time that something stressful happens, we aren't buckling. We aren't like devastated. It's not like we just crash when something horrible happens to us. We can stand firm in God's word. And, and instead of reacting to the blow, we can respond and we can respond the way that Jesus does. Doesn't mean that we're a doormat responding the way that Jesus does. Maybe it's setting boundaries. There were times in his life where people were ready to kill him. And instead of, um, like saying, okay, I'm just going to lay my life down. No, there was a, an appointed time for him to lay his life down in those times. He, he ran away from them. He got away from them. There were times when he spoke boldly to people and, and told them, like complete truth. And there are going to be times where we are going to speak our truth to somebody else. There are times where we are going to have to get away from them lest they kill us. <laughs> there are going to be times where we are going to have to um, have the wisdom to know when do I change jobs? When do I change churches? Um, how do I keep my spouse accountable? How do I respond to the craziness of my children? And again, those are things that I can't just blanket tell you guys over um, a podcast and say, oh, just go do ABC because each individual, um, God has a unique plan for each individual and um, the circumstances are going to be so different in each situation. But I just want to leave you with this. I want you and me 
We need to be so deeply rooted in Jesus Christ so that when people stomp on us, when people abuse us, when people hurt us, when people um, are just rude, we want to continue to be the fragrance of Christ. Because when people step on something like you can either, if you step on a skunk or you step on a rose, you're going to have two totally different smells. Or maybe I should use rotten potatoes. <laughs> I want to be the fragrance of Christ. When I am crushed, I want to smell like the rose of Sharon. That's what the Psalms calls is, is um, pointing to Jesus and says that he is um, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. He is the beloved. And when, even when I am abused and crushed, I want to smell like Christ. I want to give off the aroma of something that is out of this world. That is just not common. That's not normal. That's not human. That's literally a spiritual response. Okay. So God, I just lift up every single listener, every single person in that's, that's, um, endured and listened to this whole podcast. And maybe there are issues in their lives that they are dealing with, whether it's the rotten potatoes and the hard things in their own hearts, or maybe it's learning how to deal with the imperfections of those people they love. Or maybe it's dealing with the imperfections and the, the hardness and the, the words and the ridicule, maybe even abuse of people they don't love. God, I just ask you that we would all be rooted in the love of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit so that we know how to respond, so that we stand strong and firm, so that we're not a doormat, but we are able to express the fragrance of Christ that others would see Jesus when they see our response. Lead us and guide us in the way of the cross. Let us die to ourselves and be resurrected in the life of Christ in each and every circumstance, each and every day. To this, I ask you, Lord, and I say, Amen and amen. Guys, I just want to thank you so much for listening in to this podcast. I hope that you are blessed, that you are able to share this. Maybe you know somebody else that's going through some hard um, things and you can share this podcast with others. If you have questions and you have um, um, ideas of things that you would like for me to address and talk about on this podcast, please email me. My website is RebeccaThompson.org. Go to that website, find me, find my email address, shoot me um, an email, contact me, and um, and we can work through this thing together. We want to just to, to, to be a light to this world, and I want to help you in any way I can through this podcast, okay? All right, guys, have a blessed day. I love you guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye for now.